Actually, I think it's Randy Dustin playing the saxophone. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It could be, though. There's some musical genes that go through your band, uh, through the family, right? You got a son playing in an orchestra, right? That's right. So, and yeah. And a quartet. Really? So, that, now, did he get the musical talent from you or from mom? I wish you could say it was me, but it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Anytime anybody asks me for anything for my kids, I'm like, it's not. It's not mine. It's not. Sarcasm, probably, from me. So. Uh-oh. The Central Bay Medical Center Hour. Randy Dustin is the voice you hear across from me. The the first show in the in the post Chuck Gill era. You everybody managing well over there? Everybody okay? Everybody good? We're making it, but yeah. he is hard to replace. It no is question. Very difficult. Uh, we'll be talking about trauma with Tammy Lachance coming up in the next uh, few segments. Right now, though, we're going to talk with Randy about events and and things going on over at the hospital. Randy's been on before, and um, this is old hat to him. So I'll I'll let him get started, but. Uh, Always stuff going on at Central Bay Medical Center. So, Randy, I'll let you talk about that. All right. Well, uh, first up is uh, on December 7th, the uh, Maine College of Health Professions is having an educational session at 530 at their Middle Street location. And uh, they are um, uh, going to let folks know about all of the programs they offer, which is registered nursing, radiologic technology, and nuclear medicine technology education. Um, the uh, CMM school is really pretty unique in that it offers, uh, you know, hands-on live experience. So anybody who has an interest in uh, healthcare education, uh, getting into the field, um, we'd suggest they, they come by. The number there uh, to get more information is 795-2840. And again, that's happening on December 7th. Um, on December uh, 17th, the um, excuse me, the uh, Women's Hospital Association will be having their annual holiday bake sale in the main lobby at 60 High Street. Uh, that's from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And all of the funds for this uh, go to benefit uh, programs at the hospital. In this case, it's the Sam and Jenny Bennett Breast Care Center. Uh, they help pay for free mammograms, diagnostic procedures, and that kind of thing for uninsured and underinsured patients. So that's you're already making me hungry with the bake sale. Like I'm already like I mean, this is already a tough month for anybody. <laughs> but that now I'm like, hmm, bake sale. Bake sales are where it's at. Yeah, I, feast, I feasted pretty heavily on uh, <laughs> holiday M and M's last night. So I hear you. I, I I feel your pain there, Randy. I really do. Yeah. Are you guys still doing the lung cancer screenings over there too? We are. Things have changed with that a little bit. Uh, we were providing them for free for years, actually, we did. But now the uh, Medicare and Medicaid will pay for that. So oh. uh, folks who need that, it, most people can get insurance coverage on that now. But we are still providing that, that uh, service. Um, I guess one other thing I could tell you about is the... Uh, the um, Earn While You Learn program, which is uh, really pretty unique. Uh, the uh, program works, uh, the, n- the next session, I guess I should say, starts uh, February 2nd and runs through April 13th. And the way this course works is that if you're accepted into the program, the uh, hospital actually pays you to work and pays for your educational experience. So you actually go to work. You get uh, the education you need to become a, a certified registered CNA, and everything's paid for. Wow. So, yeah, that's a pretty unique program. There are some requirements that you 
stay with the hospital for a time after you finish the program, but it's a pretty unique opportunity, really, for someone who, who uh, is looking to get into the healthcare field. That is, it's a really good idea, too, because there's a lot of folks that, you know, they tell you all the time, I would love to go back to school, but I can't afford it. Well, now you can. Now and you that, can. Now, exactly. now you can actually still earn money while going to school. While learning. It's a pretty nice experience, actually. That's good. Thanks for mentioning that. Randy Dustin with Central Maine Medical Center. Coming up, we'll talk with Tammy LaChance, the trauma program manager over at Central Maine Medical Center, talking about trauma and how to avoid different things this holiday season. It's 813. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055. Oxford Networks, providing voice, internet, and high security services. Right now, we're joined by Tammy LaChance. She is the trauma program manager over at Central Maine Medical Center. We're going to talk a little bit about trauma today. Timmy, how are you doing this morning? First off, great, thank you. You're welcome. You look excited now. It's good. I am very you, excited. You went you, you went from fear to excitement very quickly. It was it was very good. You did a great job there. Um, now trauma knows no no boundaries. Trauma is the leading cause of death. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Ages one to forty four, and most people don't realize that because they would probably guess that it's cancer or heart disease, but it's trauma. You're much more likely to die from a motor vehicle crash or a fall than you are of of those other diseases. Yeah, well, main, uh, let's talk a little bit about the main, straight, uh, main State Trauma System. So the Main State Trauma System was established in 1994, and it really got going in 95. And it's a voluntary system. All of the hospitals in the state um, have chosen to participate in that system. We have three trauma centers at CMMC in Lewiston, Eastern Maine in Bangor, and Maine Medical Center in Portland. And those three trauma centers have made an extra commitment to have resources and um, provide services for trauma patients so that we can take great care of those patients who are truly seriously injured. How was uh, the CMMC trauma program compared to what, uh, what the main state trauma system is? How does it fit in with that? So we receive patients from referring facilities and we also receive patients from the scene, uh, both by ground and by air. And we take care of as many of them as we can. Now, I, I do notice here as well, you get some injury prevention efforts because the best way to, you know, stop trauma is to not have it, basically. Right. So if you do things that uh, cut down on some low-risk behaviors, you can avoid trauma. I assume that's what the injury prevention is. Yes, prevention is the key. And even though we um, enjoy taking care of trauma patients, we'd rather not see them. We'd rather prevent people from getting injured. So we try to um, look at our biggest causes of injury and try to prevent that. So falls, motor vehicle crashes um, are the big ones, and we really try to focus on that. Tammy Lachance is the Trauma Program Manager at Central Maine Medical Center. We'll talk more with her coming right up. This is Z1055. Tammy, we'll just start off. What are the four mechanisms so of an injury? So the four major mechanisms of injury that result in deaths are motor vehicle crashes, firearm-related injuries, falls, and then other transportation injuries like ATVs, snowmobiles, boats. And roughly 90% of all traumatic deaths happen as the result of one of those mechanisms. We also see people with, you know, other types of injuries, but they just don't meet the same um, n volume numbers that these patients do because, like we said in the beginning, that trauma knows no boundaries. Everyone drives in cars, so everyone is exposed to that risk. Everyone walks around every day, walks up and down stairs, so you're at risk for falling. As someone who falls a lot, yes, I'm well aware. No, that's, that's for sure. MVC, what does that stand for? Motor vehicle crash. 
we really, in the trauma world, dislike the word accident because most trauma is predictable. If, if you were to tell me that you're going to drink and drive, I can predict that you're going to crash your car. That's no accident. If you're going to text crash. and drive, probably the same text thing. If you're going to drive, if you're just going to be a distracted driver for any reason, I can predict that you're going to have a crash. So that's not an accident. So if we can predict it, then we can prevent it. That's a good little phrase. That, that should go on a bumper sticker, Tammy. It really should. <laughs> uh, let's talk about firearms. You know, firearms obviously can be very dangerous, but uh, they get a lot of publicity, that's for sure. But maybe not as many uh, firearm trauma situations as you might think. Interestingly, in Maine, we are a blunt trauma state. Approximately 90% of our injuries are blunt trauma. Somewhere around 6% are penetrating trauma, meaning stab wounds and firearms and then about four percent are burns and uh, in Maine um, most of the firearm related injuries are self-inflicted that's very interesting doesn't support a lot of arguments out there but uh, definitely some good information that's why it's really important that you keep your firearms locked up and keep the bullets locked in a separate location keep them away from anyone who might be depressed or have any risk for using it on themselves absolutely let's talk about uh, about falls because you did talk about going up steps and things like that right so falls are across the lifespan um, with pediatric patients playground related falls are one of the top reasons for emergency department visits with elderly patients falls are very common We all know someone who's fallen and had a hip fracture. So trying to prevent falls across the lifespan is very important. Tammy Lachance is the Trauma Program Manager at Central Maine Medical Center. Right now we're going to talk about injuries to teenagers, adults, and older adults. Uh, What are the two peaks of death, Tammy? There's a peak of death at 20 years of age where the deaths tend to be male and from motor vehicle crashes and firearm-related. And then at 80 years of age, the deaths tend to be female, resulting from falls and motor vehicle crashes. That's very interesting. It's kind of like the little roller coaster. It's a high point and the other high Yeah, and it has a lot to do with risk-taking behavior of younger males and just aging. Makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about suicide, something uh, I'm sure many of us are way too familiar with. Yeah, unfortunately, um, suicide is really prevalent in the state of Maine. We have, according to um, CDC data for 2007, which was the most recent data available, Maine was ranked 14th for states with the highest suicide rates. And interestingly, for every homicide in Maine, there's seven suicides. So firearms are used in about 50 per- 50% or so of these um, suicide deaths. And that's why it's really important to store your firearms safely and get help for your friends and family when they need it. Absolutely. And, of course, motor vehicle crashes, now that I know what the MVC stands for. Yes, motor vehicle crashes. Um, The big thing with motor vehicle crashes is to avoid distracted driving of any kind, drinking and driving, but to really wear your seatbelt because your seatbelt prevents those life-threatening injuries. You still may end up with some fractures, but you're going to protect your major organs, your brain, and you're not going to go through the windshield with your seatbelt on. Well, that's a a pretty good point. Now, fall hazards and preventions for older adults. Um, I know there are some preventions where people will just 
move to a house without any stairs or anything like that. Right. Um, also, and I, I've walked down the stairs in the basement here before, some people just take a lot of extra time, make sure that they're holding on to whether a handrail on one side or maybe two handrails to make sure that there's uh, nothing crazy that can happen. Right. Another thing that is helpful are um, night lights so that at night you don't take the wrong turn and go down the stairs rather than going to the bathroom. And that's one of the initiatives that we've done at CMMC is to hand out nightlights to the elderly population. It's a great idea. Tamela Chance, she's the trauma program manager over at Central Maine Medical Center. It's a CMMC hour on a Friday on the Z. The Breakfast Club. Lots of different things can happen to kids, especially for people that have them. They know they're always wondering and worrying about things. Let's talk a little bit about falls to start off. All right, so falls, it really depends on the developmental age of the child. If they're crawling, if they can start climbing up onto chairs and countertops, if they're walking, running, if they're teenagers and they're um, climbing things and skateboarding, you know, lots of different ways that kids can fall. So you really need to look at their age and picture the world from their view and try, if it's a infant or a toddler child proof the home from their point of view and this goes for grandparents too if you know you're going to have kids coming over get down at their level crawl around on the floor see what's a hazard see what they can climb up onto and fall off of um, if it's older kids that are riding bikes and scooters and skateboards make sure they have helmets even if it's on your own property because kids get going fast and sometimes they don't listen and they take off on you so they could end up in the street so protect them get helmets for them that fit properly no absolutely and of course baby safety as well is a big deal everybody tries to baby proof the house but you got to make sure you're getting all the spots yeah definitely one of the things that people don't think about is the drowning risk of having just a couple of inches of water in a bucket or a pail or any container at your home. So walk around the outside of your house and make sure that you don't have a five gallon bucket with a couple inches of water in it because a small child can fall in head first and then they can't get out. Well, you don't, you don't even think of stuff like that. You really don't. It's like, oh, hey, you know. Really whatever. approach the world from their view. Absolutely, of course. And that leads us right into water safety with your bucket. Good transition there with the bucket <laughs> and the water. Jumping right in there. Water safety is obviously huge. You don't want them drowning. Right, so swimming lessons for kids. Teach them how to swim early. And if you're having any kind of a pool party or a beach party, make sure that you assign a lifeguard that's an adult that's dedicated to being the lifeguard and hand off that duty if that adult has to go do something else. That way there's always somebody designated to be watching the kids. Well, that's a great point. Now let's talk a little bit here. We'll talk about the use of seatbelts and car seats in a minute. But seasonally, all sorts of things happen. I know we talked about a little bit during the break. Um, during the, the summer and springtime, you see ATV accidents, things right. of that nature. Winter's coming up. You're going to, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> actually, second year, just huh? a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of snowmobile accidents, but also tree stand injuries and hunting injuries oh, as well. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, think about where you're climbing and is it a good idea before you do it? Before you climb up on that roof to clean the snow off your roof, is this a good idea? Um, the other thing, uh, too, is um, if you're going to, have any kind of risky behavior like that climbing up trees jans climbing on roofs you know have somebody with you that way if you do fall that somebody can get you help right away and that you're not stranded in the snow freezing for hours before someone finds you let's talk a little bit about uh, lastly the proper use of seat belts and car seats right so maine has 
um, excellent laws for child passenger safety. Any kids that are less than 80 pounds and less than eight years of age must ride in an approved child safety seat or system. And if they're less than age 12 and less than 100 pounds, legally they must ride in the back seat whenever possible. I see a lot of kids, younger kids, riding around in the front seat, and it's cool to do that, but it's actually illegal. And that's for their safety because of um, they're, they're safer in the back seat if you do get into a crash, and they're also not safe around airbags. The other thing is infants must ride rear-facing until they're 20 pounds and one year of age, but the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends age two, and so they need to be rear-facing in the back seat and if you have any questions about child passenger safety, you can call the Trauma Program Office at Central Maine Medical Center and we can help you out with that to help fit your seats properly and um, help find you a seat if you don't have one. Tammy Lachance is the Trauma Program Manager at Central Maine Medical Center. Thank you very much. You did a Thank great job. You.